I'm just overwhelmed with the gratitude of the way that different people have played into our lives over the years, the different things that they've taught us, the different th- ways that they have seeded into our lives, and that we have then been able to take those things uh, to Peru and plant something there. And my prayer this morning is that the Holy Spirit would plant something in your heart. That through something that I say this morning, the Holy Spirit would speak to you and would put a seed of something in your heart and that this seed would grow and um, produce fruit and develop your relationship with God further. So this passage that we've read this morning in Philippians is one of my favorite passages. When my children were little, it was actually one of those passages that I said about a hundred times a day, I can do everything through him who strengthens me. And that was one of the ways that I got through uh, um, the years that my children were toddlers. And I wanted to share with you to start off with a testimony in terms of financial provision. Uh, We moved out to Peru and we've lived by faith. Even before we moved out to Peru, we we lived by faith. Uh, But we've lived by faith now for 11 years there. And what that's meant is we've had a budget. uh, And each month we have not had promised gifts that meet that budget. But every single month throughout the past 11 years, God has provided for us financially and miraculously. And an example of that in the last couple of the months is that we'd had uh, several medical costs uh, in the past few months, which was, were beginning to run into thousands of dollars. And so we wrote in our newsletter that we were struggling a bit financially, and it was in part due to this. And somebody wrote to us and said, how much your, have been your medical costs? So we told them, and they, and they said, we're writing you a check to cover all of your medical costs right now. Isn't that amazing, what God, what God does? So we know what it is sometimes to live in need, but I also know what it is to have plenty. If I... Um, Go to uh, the shanty town. Let's see if we've got that. Here we go. Does that come up? No. There we go. If I go to the shanty town, uh, Pacifico de Villa, then I can sit in the houses with the with the, the families there, and they have no running water. They don't often have proper walls, or they use, their roof is a, a political uh, billboard that they've used to put for their roofs. I've had women in my home who have told me that my home is like a castle because I have a a sofa in it and they're used to sitting on wooden stools and so they felt uncomfortable sitting on the sofa. And so I understand as well what it is to have plenty. But let's face it, contentment is not really about what we have and what we don't have. It's not about whether we're in need or whether we are uh, in plenty. If I looked at my finances at the end of the month and looked at how much we needed for the next month, I, could, I have two choices. I can either start panicking and think, oh my goodness, how is this money going to come in? Or I can look back at the testimony of what God has done in my life, month after month, year after year, and actually start thanking God that this month he's going to do something miraculous in my life. And the contentment that comes from that peace and that trust in God And this relates not just to financial um, lack. I wanted to share that testimony with you because it's a great one. But what I'm going to talk to you more about today is about other lacks in our lives and times where we may be lacking emotionally or lacking physically in terms of our health. And you know what? God wants to come in the midst of those situations as well. And I believe that's what God, uh, what Paul was saying in, in that verse in, in Philippians. He was saying, I know what it is to have need and I know what it is to have plenty 
But the secret, the thing that makes the difference in that is knowing Jesus and knowing that Jesus is the one who is going to strengthen me in the midst of all those different circumstances. But that's the challenge, isn't it, for us, that we have to decide when we're in the midst of that lack, are we going to look up and see God or are we going to panic? And I know that panic can also be my default. I'm not standing here from a place of of always looking up. If you remember the Israelites in the Old Testament, God had released them from slavery and oppression and abuse in Egypt, miraculously. And then he'd taken them out into the desert. And then the enemies, Pharaoh and, and the Egyptians, came chasing after them. And so God miraculously opened the sea for them. And they end up in the desert... And they start to panic. They start to panic because the situation and the, and the circumstances for them are disorientating. They don't know what it's like to live in a desert. They don't know where they're going to get their resources from anymore. And they don't know what to do. But here's the thing. God was with them the entire time in the desert, if they just looked up. The Bible tells us that his presence was there in a cloud during the day and a fire during the night. If they just looked up, then they would see God there beside them. So, although Lima is a desert, it's a developed desert, but I've never actually camped in a desert like this. But I have spent a few nights camping in the Amazon jungle, of which I wouldn't recommend due to the level of mosquitoes and the intense heat. But one of the particular trips that we went on, normally we take our own water with us if we go into the Amazon jungle because um, the river water there, you have to let it stand for quite a long time and then um, boil it in order to drink. So we took our own water with us, but it ran out. And so suddenly we were disorientated because it wasn't familiar surroundings to us. Here we are. Let's move from the desert to there. There we go. And we could have begun to panic because we still had at least 24 hours before the boat was going to come back and, and pick us up. But instead we asked the locals, what else do you drink? And we couldn't see anything else that they, they, they drank. But if you can see in this picture, actually all around the village, there are coconut trees. And if you need a drink, they can just chop down a coconut for you and you can drink it. But the thing about that was it was disorientating for us because we weren't used to jungle life and what you you do there. But the locals knew where to find water. They knew where to find provision. And that's often what happens when we find ourselves in new situations. Perhaps we've just had a, a difficult health diagnosis or been let go from a job or we suddenly find ourselves um, in, a, in a relational difficulty. We suddenly find ourselves in in environments that are unfamiliar to us and we don't know where the provision is going to come from but it's there God has that provision for us in that season I want to share a little bit of a testimony of what life has been like for me uh, in the past year Um, as you've seen on the video there's lots of amazing things going on um, in in Lima But for me personally, the last year has been really, really difficult. This time last year, I was diagnosed with PTSD, which meant that my body 
um, was responding to lots of different triggers uh, in everyday situations as if they were a threat. So I would have symptoms, uh, like my hands would go numb, or I would start shaking, um, or I'd feel dizzy or sick, or other things like that. But I didn't realize that they were actually being triggered by the environment around me as a result of some medical traumas that I'd experienced uh, during the birth of two of my children in Peru and also through four miscarriages that I've had. So thinking that they were perhaps neurological symptoms... I went to the hospital to do various tests. Well, that was probably the worst thing that could happen because when being in a hospital situation, my body suddenly started reacting to all the sights and smells um, that were there in the hospital. And I ended up collapsing uh, in the waiting room of the hospital in a big state. Logically... I had dealt with the traumas that had happened to me, but my, my body had still not recovered from those things. And what was so devastating and disorientating, so devastating for me was that it was so disorientating. Suddenly I found myself inside a body that felt like it had been taken over by something foreign. Suddenly, I would be in a car and I would suddenly feel like I couldn't breathe because the window wasn't open or I would be in somebody's house and not know where to put away something and have to fight back not having a panic attack. Or just being at home was terrible because my boys would run around and shout and every time they shout, I would jump and uh, feel like I was under attack. And there is a point to this story um, and that's about the fact that at first the landscape was disorientating to me and at first... Um, But it also meant that I started questioning everything that I thought about what I had believed about myself and my responses to stress. Before I just pushed through, believing it was faith, and then I started questioning maybe it was just stubborn perseverance that was at the cost of my health. I had to learn to listen to my body and learn to listen to what the different triggers were saying. I had to um, take some time out. And that's where community came in. My husband, Mark, um, was very supportive and he gave me the time and the space that I needed to get the care that I needed. Some friends flew me up to the States and uh, there I was diagnosed with PTSD and uh, introduced to a therapist who helped go through each one of the traumas that I had experienced and find God in them and find where God had been in the midst of those different situations. And I managed to change the story about those traumas. I still remember them, but they don't have that same energy connected with them. Now they're testimonies of actually where God was faithful in the midst of those situations. And God's word came clear to me that he was with me then, and he's with me now. I had to learn that God wasn't so interested in the big things that I could achieve for him but rather he wanted to know, would his presence be enough for me? I was in a desert season. I wasn't yet at the promised land. And would I just be standing there complaining about the fact that all these things, were, that I was in lack emotionally and physically? Or would I allow his presence to come and meet me in the midst of that desert season? And would his presence be enough for me in the midst of that? God wanted me to know that he wanted to be with me in the middle of those situations. He wasn't just waiting for me to get better and then he would come alongside me again. But instead he wanted to come and be with me in the middle of all of that.
I know that you guys have been doing a series on the power of the cross. And this is where the power of the cross comes in, in terms of God's presence. When Jesus died on the cross, the curtain in the temple split in two. And that was, we often see that as a minor detail in the New Testament, but it's actually a huge detail because previously the presence of God had been inside the temple. And now, after Jesus' death, God's presence no longer had to live inside a temple and be contained. Now, God could come and live in the hearts of his children. You see, since the Garden of Eden and since uh, the disconnection that had been there at the beginning in Genesis, God had desired to have that communion once again with each one of us, with each one of his children. And the power of the cross is that that was made possible. When God says... I am with you, it no longer means I am near you in a pillar of of fire or a cloud, or I'm accompanying you. It now means I am with you, I'm inside you, and I'm in the midst of every single situation that you are facing. Jesus um, says this in, in John 14, 13. He says, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them, and we will make our home with them. Isn't that amazing? Isn't it totally amazing that the creator of the universe, the one who made the planets, the one who made the intricate details of the, of the seashells and the sand, the one who made the intricacies of your body, he wants to come and dwell in you and be with you and connect with you in the midst of whatever lack you are facing right now. But I don't know about you but I'm not always aware of God's presence in me. At the end of last year, as I was recovering from PTSD, I then found myself in a season of depression. Um, At first, we thought that it was just maybe the chemicals or hormones in my body, but it became clear over time that what I was struggling with was just a deep disconnection, a disconnection with, um, with other people and a deep connection disconnection with God. But my mind knew that God loved me. I knew in theory that I was accepted no matter what. I could tell you God delights in you, but I didn't know it in my heart deep down. And I needed God to come in and to really change my heart about that. But even as I began to realize that the depression didn't lift overnight, Instead, God chose to meet me in it. I've known times of great joy in my life, and I've also known um, some times of depression, and I had to have hope that God would strengthen me in the midst of that. And one of the, as I was looking at the, the Greek this morning of the passage in, in Philippians, the literal Greek interp- um, way of saying this verse that we, we, we know is, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It says, for all things... I have strength in the one strengthening me. And the, the, for all things I have strength, that I have strength means I have the power, the capacity, the ability, the one who is with me to enable me to face the things that I'm facing. But it says in the one who is strengthening me. And that strengthening is a kind of ongoing, continuous thing. You know, sometimes we're in the midst of a situation and we think if we just quote the verse... We're going to have immediately all the strength that we need to face absolutely every situation. And sometimes God does that slowly. 
So for me in that season of depression, it was a slow strengthening that God did day by day uh, through those different scenarios. And so I would still have depressive attacks that would come, lies from the enemy uh, that would come and tell me that I was worthless and and that I had no value. And I would sit there on the sofa in the middle of the night, unable to communicate with anybody, and these depressive attacks would come. And I started to invite Jesus into them. And I just said, God, help me. And I would sit there and I would allow Jesus to rock me until that depressive attack would go. And I would then be able to get up and go back to bed or to do other things. You see, God could have freed me from that straight away, but instead he chose to camp out with me in the midst of that. He chose to come into those overwhelming emotions and sit with me in that. And isn't that the amazing thing about our God, that he wants to meet us in the midst of the different situations that we are in. I asked God why he didn't release me straight away from the depression. And maybe it was just that I didn't have enough faith. But he said to me, if I release you straight away, then you will never learn the authority that I have given you. And you will never disarm the lies that you're believing. You have to take the time to disarm those lies and to step into the authority and to take hold of the truths that I speak over you until those truths become present in your life. Because that's what God wants for all of us. He wants to come into the areas where you lack today and he wants to meet you in it. He does have a promise of the promised land. It's not that he wants you to remain in the desert forever, but that process is that he is strengthening us day by day. It's a a process of getting towards that. And God wants to come and meet with you this morning. He desires to make his home in your heart today, and he wants to guide you, and he wants to help you, and he wants to strengthen you, and he wants to just spend time with you and delight in spending time with you uh, this morning and through your life. And will you allow him to do that? Will you allow him to come into the, the lack that you have right now? that financial mess or relational difficulty, the overwhelming emotions that you feel in response to a hurt or a trauma that's happened in your life? Will you allow him to come into the midst of that? Or do you think you have to have it all sorted before God wants to connect with you? Just get the PowerPoint. Are we able to get the PowerPoint? If not, that's fine. Um, so Rafa and Sider, who we saw on the, the video, here they are. They trained with us as uh, church planters in Lima uh, for a season. And they decided that God was calling them. It was the right time this year to go back to the jungle where they come from and to, to start a, a church there. But last year, before um, they left, Sida said to me one day, I'm fearful. I'm fearful that I'm going to go back to the jungle and I'm going to forget everything that I've learned and everything that I've been taught. But the thing that reassured her was that I said to her, we're not going to be with you, but God is. And the most important thing that you've learned in Oikos is how to hear God's voice and how to connect with him. And you know how to do that. Rafa and Sida are going to meet times of need and they're going to meet times of plenty when they're in the jungle. But they know how to connect with the God 
who wants to bring them strength in the midst of all those different situations. But the important question this morning is, how do you personally connect with God? I'm wearing, I'm going to share a little bit about my journey right now, but it's not really about how I connect with God. It's, but it's about how do you personally connect with God? And that will be different in different seasons. When my children were little, connecting with God uh, was much more difficult and looked more like breath prayers of help me God um, or praying in tongues in the middle of the night when they're, they're up again. But in this season, what it looks like for me is it's going for a walk every morning. Here I am, dressed up. That one, the one on the left is me two weeks ago, and the other one's last week, because it's a little bit different in the temperature right now. But one of the things I had to learn was that although I'd been having quiet times over the past year, I'd been reading my Bible, there was a disconnect there because I wasn't connecting with God's heart in the same way. Actually, getting outside and not having an agenda, not having a Bible reading or a prayer list, was something that was I was able to start listening to God's heart specifically talking to me, directly talking to me and just saying, Anna, I delight in you. I just enjoy spending time walking with you. We don't have to have an agenda here. We can just, let's just walk. Let's walk together. And slowly, as I have walked day by day um, since the beginning of this year, my relationship with God has, has improved. The depression has lifted. And um, I feel connected once again with, with God. So how do you connect with God? What is it right now? If you think back on the past year, when are those moments where you felt connected with God? And is there something about those times that you can be proactive in putting into this week? Do you need to set aside a time to to go for a walk, to, to sit in your room, to read a book, to listen to a worship song? I don't know what it is. We're individuals, and God loves to connect with us in individual ways. What's your passion? God loves to just be with you in the midst of of the things that you're passionate about too. And my question, just as we're coming to an end here, is where is your lack this morning? Is it financial? Is it relational? Is it emotional? Is it physical? Will you let God come and make his home in you so you truly know that he is with you in the midst of those different situations?